right, come on in. Grab yourself a blue hymnal, if you would. Now, I'm just going to give you grief here. Did y'all get that back pew filled there? That's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm glad y'all are here. All right, we're going to sing number 334. 334. We're a church of extremes. We've got the back field and the front field. And it's good. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Thank you. 
McGee, would you open us in prayer, please? Amen. Please do be seated. Well, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm uh, glad for heating and cooling again. I tell you what, it's cold out there. Nobody voting for snow yet, huh? <laughs> We're not going to be very popular if we start that. Well, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. We are going to have uh, just a regular service here tonight. And, um, and then afterward, if you'd like to stay, we'd love to have you downstairs. Uh, we got some games. I brought a slot car track for those of you who are racing aficionados. And, um, and uh, we just have a good time of fellowship together and spend some time. Uh, my wife made some delicious food. I hope you brought some stuff in, too, and so it ought to be good. German chocolate cake. How many, how many yes coconut? How many never coconut? Wow, we got one never coconut. <clears throat> you can set one more row back. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Well, anyhow, please do stay. And then I told you that we, uh, we brought a whole bunch of games. We used to have a family game night, and just we just have a lot of games that uh, we've collected over the years. And I don't want somebody walking out with ten boxes, you know. But if you see a game you particularly like when we're done with the evening, if you'd like to have any we brought, you are welcome to have everything but thank you very much somebody was paying attention <laughs> everything but the slot guard track and uh, so we're going to receive our evening offerings at this time for men will come to receive those there we go all right well, let's uh, ask the lord's blessing brother wade dear heavenly father lord we're so blessed to be back in your house again lord we just want to thank you for our visitors lord lord we just ask you to be with all all those who are sick lord just uh, Help heal them, Lord, and just be with them, Lord. Um, yes. Lord, we just ask you to be with Pastor tonight as he preaches your word. Once again, we just ask that Kenny watch over Israel and its people, Lord. We yes. pray for this country and our leaders, Lord. We just love you with all of our hearts. Amen. 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 father's world i uh saw a posting this last week of somebody that uh because of the james webb deep space telescope that we have up there now they're able to take very high definition pictures of the planets i mean the planets now are amazing you can see they've taken pictures of the sun they're just amazing and if you'll take your hands and go like that and just pretend you're looking up in the sky they'll take a little picture of this portion of the sky and they'll blow it up and you'll see that it's populated densely with what look like stars. And uh, I was reading this last week that 
those aren't stars, those are galaxies. And every galaxy has 100 million stars. This is my father's world. <laughs> and I don't know why he made so much, because I do believe this, we're the only beings in the universe on a planet and on the earth. And I believe that for this reason. Now, the Bible does equate uh, angels with stars, and I don't, I don't know how far to take that, okay? But there's a great multitude of angels, and then there are stars. And by the way, some of them have blown up. That goes with my theology, too, to be honest with you. Um, but some of them, I think God just created them to create them. How many of you all know this, that there are planets that spin like this? And there are planets that spin like this. And there's one planet that spins like this. And anybody that tells you that we all came out of the sun is utter nonsense. Because it's impossible to have planets that spin like this and spin like this and spin like this in the same solar system that came from one sun. And my whole point is this, is, is God, I believe, uniquely created us as beings. God uniquely created this universe, and when you take and this is my father's world, you just think about the immensity and the power and the wisdom and the understanding of our God. How many of y'all, we got a great God, don't we? It's, I think it's good for us to stop and just to ponder those things every once in a while about how wonderful our God is. And, and by the way, he did all that for us for signs and for seasons and for the dividing of time, if you will. He didn't have to create all that. But he did. And please take this the right way. I don't think he was showing off. I think he was just being God. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like to think about those things when we sing about these songs. This is my father's world. 463. 463. Let's think about this as we sing it too. Would you mind standing one more time? You might as well sing this one with gusto, right? Jesus, by his presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious, oh, how blessed to call him mine, oh, that thrills my soul is Jesus, he is more than Free. 
Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, this is uh, the last service for the year. And, uh, sorry. Um, I'm not going to stay up until midnight to change the year. I'm just mentally going to do it. Y'all with me? I have this watch that sets itself every night. I don't have to do anything. It sets itself every night, so I know it's always on time, and so it'll change my date and it change my year and everything next, next step. So I don't have to worry about all that. Amen. I, any of y'all still write checks? So how many of y'all are going to write 2023 in your check for how long? What's the, what's the record? Anybody know? <laughs> I think I went like three months one time. <laughs> Uh, I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. I want you to turn to the book of Joshua with me. And this time of year, I really don't, I don't think about what most of the world thinks about. I, I, I think about, if you will, what lies ahead. And in a sense, maybe goal setting or, or different things. And, you know, a lot of people like to talk about resolutions. I, I don't really like to call them that. I like to call it Christian goal setting. And that's, that's, that's a lot of what I think about this time of year. By the way, it's Joshua 14 is where you're going, Joshua 14. And this time of year, I think of two texts. I think of this one. And then I also think of 1 Kings 8, where the King Solomon is dedicating the temple. And uh, he basically says this. He says this, when we sin, let us come back here. And if you will, get right and you can, you know, we can have that right relationship again. And I would tell you this, there's no greater thing that we could have than to have a right relationship with our God. And I just, I, I'm glad that we have a God that loves us and, and, and is merciful, he's kind, he's long-suffering towards us. And he's always ready and willing to forgive if we'll receive it. Amen. And so in a sense, if you will, with that thought, this time of year is all about a do-over. You get to start a whole new year. Diet starts tomorrow but actually it does start tomorrow because 2024 i'm going to start my new diet right you know and i got to work off all those cookies and delicious cake and peanut brittle that y'all give me because you love me and it's going to kill me but anyhow i appreciate it <laughs> I, get, I had some delicious stuff given to me this year and uh, and so i just I, I appreciate it very much but the diet does need to start tomorrow if i'm going to take and be successful for beyond 2024 hey man i did survive 2023 I'm just joking. Anyhow, joking. Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6 is, is one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. It's something I go to when I need motivation, encouragement, strength. In Joshua 14 and verse 6, the Bible says this, And the children of Joshua came unto Joshua and Gil, uh, Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. If you will, he had, he had a heart of faith. And we'll see here in a second. Hey, there's giants there in big, big uh, defense cities, but uh, our God can take them. That was what was in his heart. Amen. And the Bible says, uh, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Praise the Lord. There's something different about Caleb in there. And uh, 
And by the way, the, the context of this portion of Scripture is this, is they're starting to dole out the inheritance. They've already given the two and a half tribes, if you read the previous verses, they've already given the inheritance to the two and a half tribes. And then he describes the fact that Joseph was going to get a double portion, if you will, Ephraim and Manasseh, and, and he talks about that a little bit. And then the first thing that happens is, if you will, that Caleb stands up and he says, hey, I want my inheritance, okay? Meaning this, what? You gave, you gave me a promise. God gave us a promise, and I want to receive my promise, if you will. And then the Bible says in verse 8, it says, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Can I tell you there's great reward in having faith in God and following him? Amen. And i got to tell you what, it's not as easy as just saying that. Can I tell you there's some times in our life, and if you've never had this kind of a moment, Honestly, I, I don't, I, usually there are times of great trial and difficulty, but can I just say this? I think every believer in Christ ought to have that one moment where they say, I'm just going to trust God. And, and, and I mean, it might be about a job. It might be about a, a relationship. It might be about, uh, you know, even where you go to church. And, and, and sometimes there are tough decisions to be made, and you just say, and you seek God's face, and you seek his counsel, and you say, I'm just going to trust God. Meaning what? He had gone in and he said, go spy out the land. Tell us what's there. What did they find? Man, they found the grapes of Eskol. They found cities great and defensed. And they found, we'll see here in a second, the Anakim. The Anakim, by the way, it says Anakims, drives me nuts. But anyhow, Anakim is plural. But anyhow, um, Anakim, if you will, they were giants. He says they're giants in the land. And everybody else's knees smote together. And Caleb said this. He said, God made us a promise. This is our promised land. God said this is ours. Come on now, amen? And uh, quite often in the book of James, he says this. He says, you have not because you ask not. And the whole point is this. He said, I'm asking. And so it comes here, and you might think this very bold of him, but he said, no, God made me a promise. And just like it was a promised land before, and I said, we are well able to take this, and I know that even today I'm well able to take it. Notice his testimony, because I, I think, listen, I, I don't know about you, but I've always had this sense about myself that I was going to finish better than I started, okay? And I don't know about you, but that has driven me much of my life. It's just continually trying to grow and, to, and, and to, to do better, if you will, to live more by faith yet tomorrow than I did yesterday. Y'all understand why? Because I don't know about you, but finishing the race is as important to me as running the race. Uh, that's coming from a runner who saw an awful lot of people do this at the end of a race and get passed and end up losing. Uh, man, put your head down, your chest forward, and go like that across the line. Y'all want to finish like that? That's the way Caleb wanted to finish. And he said further, he says, that, uh, Moses swearing to him, okay, that there'll be your inheritance. Verse 10, he says this, And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Folks, the score is 20. I'm now 85 years old. Notice his testimony. He says, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, and my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. Um... I'm over 60 now, and uh, I still work out. 
Okay, I, I, I didn't have to tell you that, right, Marshall? You, you just knew, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Can I tell you this? <laughs> this is a terrible illustration, but I still got them. But now everything hurts. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And so I can still do the push-ups and everything like that, but you're just not as flexible. You can't touch your toes. You certainly can't run as fast. And I'll tell you this from experience. If you spend two days putting floor in, it takes you three days to learn how to walk again. Amen. But he said this. He said, I'm 85 years old. You know what I think he did? I, I, I haven't done it in a while, so I'm not going to do it here. But every once in a while, you see kids that go to touch their toes. They get it down to about here. Now I told you I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay, but I will intentionally bend down and touch my toes all the way to the floor just to prove to kids that even old men, if you spend every day touching your toes, then you get to a certain age, you can still touch your toes. You know what I think he did? When he was 40, he said, I've got a promise coming, but we'll see here in a second, there's giants living there now. And I don't know about you, but if they're going to be put out, it's going to have to be put out by somebody who can still fight. Y'all with me? And so he went through the wilderness. He went through the wanderings. And now he's gone through the five years of warfare as they've taken back the promised land. And if you will, he comes back and he says, I'm still as strong today as I was when I was 40. You know why? I think he did his push-ups. And I think he did his stretching exercises. Why? Because he says, I still haven't got what God promised me. And he took and he knew, if you would that he needed those things to take and to finish his course the way he wanted to. He says this in verse 11. He said, I am as yet strong this day as I was when I was with Moses. When I was 40, I'm just as strong today. Then verse 12, he says, here's the conclusion. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Hey, I know what the challenges are. Hey, I know who's living there. Hey, I know what it's going to take to get it. Amen. I want this mountain. I want the mountain that you promised me. It says, wherefore, he says, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. By the way, search that one out. Anybody got a Bible where it's got a margin? What's it say the Anakims mean? Does anybody got one? It means the long necks. <laughs> okay, I don't know what a long neck is, but they were giants, okay? And uh, uh, folks, any giants I've ever seen, uh, if you will, Goliath was nine and a half feet tall. A lot of giants that you see, uh, historically, if you ever see skeletons, a lot of them are seven and eight and nine feet tall. Okay, and I'm assuming, what's this? This is about, I don't know, about eight feet right there. And so, if you will, uh, uh, have you ever seen somebody just kind of small next to somebody who's huge? And uh, uh, have you ever seen the small guy take the big guy? And so it can be done. It can be done. I'll, I'll just tell you, just because you got reach doesn't mean you're going to win. All right, but his whole point, he just looked at that and he says, hey, that's just another obstacle because I'm just as strong today. Yeah, you know, I've been focusing a lot on physical stuff. But think about this. He was as strong today in his faith than he was 40 years ago. We're in well nigh, we are well able to take our promised land. I don't care if there's Anakim there. I don't care if there's giants there. I don't care if we have to look up at them as we fight them. you got to remember that God will be fighting our battles for us, and I'm well nigh able. Folks, I don't think he really thought that in his 85-year-old strength. Now, he, he, he kept himself in shape, but I think he kept his faith in shape too. 
I'm straying from my notes real bad, but I want to ask you a question. You talked about 2020 this morning. By the way, 2020 started in 2019, right? It's called COVID-19, okay? And 2020 was a struggle. We had to learn how to live all different. Did it shake some people's faith? Well, please take this the right way. A lot of people stopped going to church at that point. And do you realize some of those people never came back? Amen? 2023 was a tough year, and some, it was a good year for some people, maybe a tough year for other people. And who knows what 2024 is going to bring. But I will tell you this, we're going to need more faith in 2024 than we needed in 2023. If, if you're going to take and you're going to take and grow and, and become physically strong, we need to realize this, that we need to become, if you will, spiritually strong in our faith, trusting in our God. And if you don't train, then you lose it, okay? You lose it. I Last year, just to try to get into shape, I did, uh, they called it the 100 push-up-a-day challenge, Okay. And, and I did that, and it, and it really helped me. Uh, but can I just tell you this? You can do 100 push-ups a day in March, and you might not be able to do 100 push-ups a day in December if you didn't keep doing push-ups. You all understand? And so the whole point is this. Is, uh, he says, I want that mountain. I have the strength, not just physically, but spiritually. And God gave it to me. We'll, we'll look at that here more in a second. The Bible says this, the Anakims were there, pick up from there. The Bible says, and that the cities were great and fenced. And if so, be that the Lord will be with me. See that? If God will be with me. And it says, uh, if God's with me, who's going to stand against me? Hey, come on, do we have a verse for that? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. And the Bible says this, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Y'all see that? If God be with me, I will drive them out. Just like the Lord said. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity now to open your word. We thank you for the opportunities to lie before us in 2024. And we just pray that we might learn from Caleb just how to approach this coming year. Do help us to set some goals, not just physical, not just career, not just health. But Father, some spiritual goals, knowing that it's going to take real faith to walk in the coming days. Father, we know, we've read the end of the book, that it's probably not going to get any better. If it does, it'll only be momentary respite, and we'll thank you for your grace. But Father, we do pray that we might embrace our mountain, that we might, if you will, achieve it by faith and by your help. And Father, then at the end, we'd give you all the glory and honor and praise. Be with those who are apart from us. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about, if you will, when it comes to Christian goal setting, uh, if you will, what God wants for us. And, and I will say this, he wants, he wants four things. First off, he wants a, a, a beginning in our lives. He wants people to be born again. And that's one of the names for salvation, isn't it? We talk about being saved or being born again, born from above, however you want to take. And, and so, if you will, uh, the old man has passed away and now the new man needs to pursue. And I will say, if you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I just say this? God wants you to be saved. There's no greater goal that you ought to set. And I will tell you this, you can't save yourself. And I will tell you, you can't pick the day nor the time. Except the Father draw you, you cannot be saved. But I, I will tell you this, if God's been working on you, if there's any doubt, if there's any fear, 
then that's what God wants for you, number one. He doesn't really want physical prosperity. He doesn't even want uh, some of the things we might even talk about tonight. I tell you what he wants. He wants you to be saved. You know why? Because I know God's not willing that any should perish. Not anybody. By the way, when you're setting your goals, that might be a good thing to remember. What is the closest thing on God's heart? What should I do to please him? Can I tell you, I think this pleased him, God, don't you? When he gets to the promised land, they start doling out the inheritances. And they're, hey, here's an easy one, here's an easy one, here's an easy one. Um, if you were to look, and, and we won't do it, but the Bible says in, in, in verses 1 through 5 there, that they were doling out the inheritance, and they start naming some of the, the tribes. Uh, but you'll notice that at the very last listing of the tribes of Israel, there's a tribe missing. You guys know this already, but the tribe is the tribe of Dan, okay? And part of the reason was, is they said, you've given us too small of a place, it's too hard. And rather than staying in the promised land, they went up into Gentile territory, into Tyre and Sidon, essentially, into, into Sidon. And they took and they, and they made their place. The only problem is it was outside of the promised land, which you know what that also tells you? It was outside the will of God. And the reason was it was too hard. Folks, get a hold of this. I wonder how many people were asking for this portion of, of, of land, if you will. Hebron here. I wonder how many people were taking and saying, oh, I hope I get the one with the giants in it. <laughs> and he didn't. He came and he said this. He said, I want my mountain. I don't care what they're living in. I don't care what they look like on the battlefield. I don't care how tall they are. I don't care how long their necks are. Really don't know what that means. Amen? Okay? I don't care. God made me a promise. I want it. I want it. Amen? And I will tell you this. God wants us to embrace. God's not willing that any should perish. I want that mountain. Well, brother, I've, I've witnessed to them so many times. I've, I've told them so many times. I... Well, can I just tell you this? Uh, listen, let God guide you, give you the wisdom. But can I just say this? Maybe you could pray this prayer. God, I still have a burden for their soul. I want that mountain. Can people get saved on their deathbed? Can people get saved after living an entire life of wickedness and then retiring? Yeah. So anybody can be saved at any time, no matter how wicked. So can I just say this? Don't let that dissuade you. God can save anybody who will call upon him. Amen. And so if you will, God wants a beginning. If you, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, that's what he wants for you. And if you have trusted Christ for your Savior, that's what he wants for those around you. The second thing is he wants us to be becoming. Not just, be, not just if you will, beginning as a Christian or starting as a Christian, but he wants us to become uh, more like him. Go to 1 John, if you will. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse 1. And the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called, can you say that with me? The, the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Help me for a second here. Son of God, pretty impressive title. And we're not the Son of God, but we are a Son of God. Do you all understand? Okay. 
Well, the Bible says, what manner of love hath he bestowed upon us? Think about this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And if you will, he loved us by sending him to the cross, did he not? And if you will, the Bible says that uh, all our sins were on him. Uh, uh, God the Father saw, um, oh, I'm forgetting the word, saw the, of his soul, help me now, saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied, okay, if you will. And so if you, if you will, all the ugliness in your life, all the sin, any sinners in here? Okay, all the ugliness in your life, he said, I'll take it. I'll take it. For God so loved the, he said, I'll take it, I'll take it. But here's what I want you to do. I'll forgive you for anything. I don't care where you started, I don't care who you are. But if you'll call upon me, I'll make you a son of God. Wow, what a title. Any of y'all deserve to go to heaven? Any of y'all deserve a crown? Do you deserve a mansion? Do you deserve God's grace? Do you deserve God's forgiveness, 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 forgiveness? Do y'all understand? He says, behold what manner of love he's bestowed upon us. Any of y'all wonder how God could keep loving you sometimes? Am I the only one? I mean, it's every once in a while, just some attitude or some besetting sin or something will jump up on you again. And, and then you, you just feel so wicked and dirty and, and worthless. And how can you love me? And he says, I just do. I just do. God so loved the world. Notice what he says then, knowing what type of love that we have, that we ought to meditate. God, how, how could you keep loving me and keep calling me your son? Amen. Verse 2. Blessed, beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we sh- he shall appear, that we shall be, say it with me, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And one day he is going to make us just like him, sinless. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. We were just talking about this. Um, when I was, uh, went to seminary, the first day of seminary, the dean of the seminary came down. And he, had his, he had his blazer on, had his tie, and he said, Gentlemen, uh, let, me, uh, let me show you your new uniform. Okay? He's a military man, and so he said, here's your uniform. And you were talking about Somebody showing up for an interview to become a pastor that showed up in shorts. You guys ever heard, have you ever heard the expression, dress for the job you want? Well, what job do you want, guys? How about the job of being the son of God? Like unto him. We don't know what we're going to be when we shall be like him. But can I say this? We ought to want to be like him. I don't, we'll see how old everybody is here. How many, how many of y'all honestly remember actually really wanting one of those plastic shave kits whenever you were a kid? You guys know what I'm talking about? And you didn't want the one, the disposable razor kind. You guys know what I'm talking about. Do you guys remember the one that actually had the plastic blade in it? You got to put the, pl- come on, that's, we're, we're, there's only a couple of us nodding our head here, so... <laughs> Why did you want that stupid shave kit? Because all it was was a can of foamy shave cream and a plastic razor. That's all it was, okay? And I tell you why, because I remember watching my dad and my grandpa. I'm going to get weird on you here, okay? 
But here's, here's what shaving used to sound like. You guys remember? I mean, dads had whiskers back then. They were more manly whiskers than we have now. <laughs> and I just remember, of course, then he'd start bleeding. <laughs> and then, boy, you got your... And you almost wanted to go... Because <laughs> you wanted to be like your dad. And you weren't going to shave for 15 or 16 more years. But you wanted to be like your dad right then. Amen. Folks, you realize someday we're going to be exactly like our Savior. Amen. And why not start now? Come on now, amen. Why not start now? Why not say, God, I want to become more like you in 2024 than I've ever been. Any of y'all need to be a little bit more like Jesus Christ? I know I do. And I will promise you this, no matter how much you achieve in 2024, in 2025, you can still say, God, let me be a little bit more like you. Let me be a little bit more like you. I think you need a good beginning if you need to be saved and you need to have a burden for people to be saved. You need to be becoming more and more like Jesus every day, more pure in your walk. And that's what it talks about in the next verse, about, about being more pure if you will, but for sake of time, then we, then we also need to be thinking about being. And folks, there's a difference between becoming something and being something, but there's also a difference between playing a part and it being who you've become. You all understand that? The word become is a very important <coughs> word. Uh, go, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look what the Bible says in verse 8. I, I love these verses. I, I, I like, uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but any of you all deal with esteem issues? What do I mean by that? It's hard for you to embrace who you are because you want to talk yourself down. Uh, moms and grandmas are good for this. Oh, mom, that was really good. Ah, I burnt it. You guys know what I'm talking about? And uh, I think a lot of times people think that's humility. No, I think sometimes that's inability to embrace who you are. Okay? How many of y'all, your mother makes the best biscuits? <laughs> there was a little political pressure on a couple of those. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. More than two hands went up. I got bad news for you. You both can't be right. Is there anything wrong with just appreciating your mom's biscuits? I, I, I'll give you an illustration. My mom's a great cook, and, and so I'll just tease her about this because my mom, she's a fantastic cook in just about everything she does. But growing up, I didn't know what a properly cooked pork chop was because we always cooked pork chops about like you cook bacon. Okay? The, the fat was always crispy, if you know what I'm talking about. 
Okay, and I thought that's the way it was supposed to be for years. I thought, man, that's a good pork chop right there. <laughs> okay. and, uh, but, but you know what? It was, it was my mom's. That's the way she made it. Can I say this? You could be the best dad in the world for your kids. And you could be the best mom and housewife for your family. Come on now. All right? Well, why am I saying this? Well, I think sometimes that the devil would love to just beat us up and have us always walking around defeated and discouraged. Come on. And I don't know about you, but that's not the way God wants us to be. I love what Paul says in this verse, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 8. He says this, he says, And last of all was seen of me. He's talking about seeing Christ. He says, uh, last of all, you've seen of me as one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles. Let me just stop there for a second. I'm the least. Well, in another place, he said, I out-excelled them all. <laughs> okay? He was very comfortable saying who he was, meaning this, he was the last one, at least the last in this particular line there. And so he's saying, listen, I, I'm the least of all the apostles. He says that I am not meet to be called an apostle. He says, you know what, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church. Folks, do you realize this? He knew of people that he had had killed or arrested or something like that. Amen. He knew that was on his conscience all the time. Oh, what a wicked man I was before I trusted Christ. Yeah. How many of y'all were wicked before you trusted Christ? And we talked about this this morning, about the devil always trying to bring up your past and bring you down, defeating you and discouraging you. And I'll tell you why. Because if he can get you discouraged or he can get you defeated, he can keep you from doing the first two things of worrying about souls and becoming more like him because you're so discouraged and you're so defeated. Amen. The Bible says here again, he says, uh, he says, for I am the least of the apostles, not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Can you all say the next one with me? Because I love this verse. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the way, how many of you all think Paul probably was the best of all the apostles? There's just, you know, you could certainly make a case. You all with me? So how many of you all can be the very best father and husband that you can be? How many of y'all could be the very best mother, husband, wife, church, come on now, that you can possibly be? By the grace of God, I am what I am. I have become all these things. I will promise you this, there are better speakers in this world. I promise you this, there are better leaders in this world. I promise you this, there are better, but can I tell you this, at the end of the day, I can be the best Mark Bradshaw that I've ever been in 2024. And you can be the best fill in the blank. Come on. Just mentally state your name. And your name is not state. Come on, Jimmy, help me out here. <laughs> I, I want to be the best that I've ever been. He said, well, you're just, you're just trying to be arrogant. Oh, no, I'm not, because I'm the least of all the apostles Listen, it's only by the grace of God that I am what I am. But you know what? By the grace of God, you are who you are. What does that mean, an apostle? If you're an apostle, you're an apostle by God. Uh, if, you're a, uh, if you're a believer, you're a believer because of God. If you're a Christian, you're a Christian because of God. If you're a forgiven one, you're a forgiven one because of God. And help me now, what does the devil usually like to bring up? 
He brings up our past and he brings up our failures. Does he not? But you know what you can do whenever the devil brings that up? And by the way, the devil doesn't always speak to your mind. Sometimes he speaks through people. Y'all with me? You can ignore all that and say, you know what? That's who I used to be. I'm not going to move on until we all get it. You know what? That was true about who I was before, but that's not who I am now. And you can say, I was a this, or I was a that, or I, I had done this. And by the way, if you are doing some things that go back to step two, become more like Christ. <laughs> Amen? By the way, no matter how hard you try, can anybody here become exactly like Christ while you're in this flesh? No, you cannot. I think about the Apostle Peter. Listen, nobody desired, take this the right way. Nobody desired to be the disciple whom Jesus loved more than Peter. But he wasn't the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> John was. Amen? But can I just tell you this? Did God do a transformation work in the life of Peter? Wow. So much so, I, I don't know if you know, uh, tradition tells us this. I don't know if it's true, but history, tradition tells us this. That when it came time for Peter to die, he said, I'm not worthy to, be, to die like my Lord, because they were going to crucify him. And if you don't know this, the reason they crucified back then is because it was, it was the most painful way they knew to kill somebody. It was the most, if you will, um, shameful way to take and to kill somebody, all right? And so, if you will, he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior. And so he insisted that they crucify him upside down. If you ever see the, the flag of uh, Great Britain, it has St. Andrew's cross, because that's how he was crucified. And then you have St. Peter's cross with the upside-down cross, okay? And, uh, and, and because that's how he was crucified. But you know what he was? He was, he was an apostle. He started churches. He used to be a fisherman. He became a great man of God. He was ignorant at one time, became one of the most eloquent speakers in the Bible. Read the book of Acts. Amen. Well, who are you? Well, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Well, what about the time that you denied Christ? Yeah, that's who I used to be. Come on. And so, if you will, it's the devil who wants to keep you back, keep you down, keep you defeated. You know what? Maybe just in 2024, you know what? I'm just going to embrace who I am, and you fill in the blank. Well, I'm an apostle, I'm a teacher, I'm a Sunday school teacher, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a mother. And you say, well, what about all your failures? I have asked God to help me not to do that this year. And by the way, if I do do it again, God, I messed up. And he'll give you a fresh start. That's the wonderful thing about our God. We see he, he wants for us to have a beginning, salvation. He wants us to be coming more like him. He wants us to embrace who we are in Christ, our being. And then he wants us to be a blessing. Go to Joshua, if you will. We're, we're in Joshua, so let's get back there. Go to Joshua chapter 14, look at verse 9. He said, I want that mountain. Amen? You, you can take and you can say, well, that's kind of selfish. I want you to think with me for a second. How long did he get to live there? How long do you think he got to live there? I'm not sure how long he got to live there, okay? Joshua chapter 14, he, 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 he 
possessed it when he was 85 years old. Amen. But it doesn't really say how long he was able to keep it. Okay. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 14, verse 9, the Bible says, And Moses swore in that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. Say the next part with me. And thy children's forever. Amen. Why should we want to be saved? And why should we want to be becoming like Jesus Christ? And why should we want to embrace who we are and not let the devil beat us up? I'll tell you why. It's so that we can pass on a legacy. The Bible says that he wanted his inheritance so that he could give it to his children. And in the very next chapter, that's exactly what he does. He gives it to his daughter and son-in-law and, and, and then is able to not only give them the land, but he gives them some, some, a river and gives them some extra water and everything like that. Read it. It's a wonderful story. My whole point is this. Why should we want to become a better person in 2024, a better Christian in 24? Why should we embrace our inheritance, embrace who we've been made? I'll tell you why. Because we want to pass it on. Now, I want you to think about this. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you are going to pass on a legacy. I've had opportunity in recent days just to think about some of us have come from Christian homes and praise the Lord for the legacy that they've, they've established in your life. Praise the Lord. But many of us come from, you know, we didn't go to church growing up. I had good moral parents. I did. We were good hard workers, good citizens and everything like that. But we didn't, we didn't go to church, okay? And, and I would just tell you this. I, I, can I say this? I want better, not just for my children. I want better for my grandkids. And folks, the trend of the world is going this way. Guys, if you don't know what entropy is, it's, it's just our world is slowly decaying. It's just the natural order of things. It's just, it's always going to end up, ultimately get worse. You're going to have your, you know, like a stock market, but it's always going to be trending this way, okay? Why? Because we've read the end of the book, amen? But can I just tell you this? If you have someone that can instill the energy or the spirituality that we need to go like this, that we can. Folks, think about this. Ten of the spies went, Phew, and two of them said, let's go. Because God, come on, can give it to us. Meaning that we don't have to be overcome with the world, and we don't have to give in to the trends, but we can take and say, by the grace of God, I am who I am. And by the grace of God, I can have these goals and I can have that mountain. And I don't know what your mountain is. It might be victory over a besetting sin. It might be victory over discouragement and depression. It might be victory over you fill in the blank for your mountain. But you can look at God and say, God, you promised me. And now I want my mountain. Why? Because it's not for me. It's not for me. Get a hold of this and I'll be done. It wasn't for him. It was for his daughter, and it was for his future son-in-law, and it was for his grandchildren. And by the way, you keep reading about the descendants of Caleb throughout the history of the Old Testament. They just keep popping up. Why? Because they all said, hey, you know who my grandpa is? Ah, you're just bragging. Well, I'm bragging on his God. Yeah, I'm bragging on his God. What's your mountain? What do you need? What do you need to embrace? What has God promised you? What do you really want in 2024? And I'm, I'm not real big about resolutions because 
I really, really, really want to go work out tomorrow morning, and I really, really, really don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> so, not real big on the resolutions, but I will tell you this. I think we ought to embrace the spirit of Caleb and say, you promised me that mountain. I want that mountain. I don't care about the walls. I don't care about the giants. I don't care about who else has been defeated there. I just want you to fulfill your promise to me. And we have not because we, all we got to do is ask in faith, just like Caleb did. And maybe instead of 2024 being a year we're hoping to be over, we can look back and say, that's the year God changed my life for the better. Let's all stand. Maybe you just want to come pray. Whatever the Lord would have you to do, I don't know. But get your blue hymnal. Let's turn, if you will, to uh, number 235. 235. And think about this. This song is a, it's a perfect invitation for this message. I pray that the Lord would move upon your heart. Uh, we'll take all the time you need. 235.